to What the Hair, a Tangled podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Welcome to the very first episode of What the Hair, a Tangled podcast. I'm Candice, and with me is my co-host, Krista. Hey, Krista. Hey. And I am utterly obsessed with Tangled, the movie, the TV show, everything. So I decided to take my friend Krista on this adventure with me, where we like deep dive into all things Tangled. Excited, Krista? Oh, I'm so excited. Just picture Rapunzel running around screaming the moment she gets out of the tower. Yes. I could go running. I could go jumping. I could go dancing. Fortunately, I'm not having the mood swings. I'm just excited. That's good. That's good. I think another reason why Tangled like right now like means so much to me is because I think we all feel for Rapunzel being locked in the same place for 18 years. That's what I was just thinking of when I saw it uh, again the other day. I was thinking... What about like the younger kids that are seeing this for the first time and are thinking like, oh, it happens in a country named Corona and she's basically, you know, in quarantine for the first like all of her life. Are they thinking it's a nod to 2020? That's what future generations are going to think. They don't know. They don't know their time before when Corona just made you think of beer. And Which it wasn't is kind of a beer. <laughs> that was actually like an end joke with the writers. And we'll see that joke continue with the series because one of the towns is called Dos Equis. <laughs> so the series, they, they lean into that. But yeah, I personally saw Tangled in 2010 when it came out in theaters. I was freelancing and it was pretty much like one of the worst times of my entire life. And I was like in a mood and I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to do anything. And I just saw a movie theater and I was like, I'm gonna go see a movie. I Watched all the animated movies when they came out. Like I rented them from Netflix because back then Netflix was like, you get it in the mail kind of thing. I didn't go see them in theaters, really. But this one, I went by myself. First movie I ever saw by myself. And I sat down, I cried, I laughed. And it is my comfort movie for the past 11 years. It's just so good. It's just so good. (laughs) So my journey with this film was a little less straightforward. I watched it for the first time in college when it came out. And I remember thinking it was fine, but I didn't like necessarily love it. Um, I remember being really distracted by Mandy Moore's voice. I had been a big fan of Mandy Moore growing up. And so like all I could hear the entire movie was Mandy Moore's voice singing. Um, And then at the end, of course, when Rapunzel gets her hair chopped off, she looks like Mandy Moore who went from being blonde to having the short brown hair. And I was just like, oh my God, this is a Mandy Moore love fest. And I think it just really distracted me to the point where I didn't fully appreciate it. And then years later, I saw it again. And I'm like, this is an amazing movie. Like, it just impresses me so much how, like, the comedic timing, the the kind of surprise twists, um, it just has basically everything. Like, it's one of those movies that I I can't find a fault in. No, it just, it's beautiful. And I remember, like, I'm getting chills right now. Thinking about the first time I saw the lantern scene. And I see the light, like literal chills and just going like, this is the most beautiful thing in the entire world. Like that scene will stay with me forever. I think that is probably one of the most beautiful Disney scenes I've ever seen in an animated movie. And what I was really thinking about the other day, too, is that not only is it like visually beautiful, but like the symbolism symbolism behind it's really beautiful. Because, you know, you have the king and the queen and the uh, kingdom, and they release the lanterns every year, hoping, you know, Rapunzel will come back. 
And even though Rapunzel never knew that the lanterns were for her, they always were like this important thing that kind of brought her joy and hope during her whole life. And in the end, they did bring her back. And there's just like something I didn't notice like the first time I watched it, but like on the 20th time or something, was <laughs> the lantern that the king and queen lift up is the same one that she touches when she's mm-hmm. on the lake. And I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Yeah, because that's the only one that has the, the sun the on sun. it. I think also one of the reasons I enjoy this so much is because I'm a big romance genre fan. And I think this Rapunzel and Eugene, because Eugene Fritzlerbert is his real name. Actually, we'll find out maybe another name of his in the series because Krista mm-hmm. doesn't know. Krista hasn't watched the series yet. There's mysteries. There's twists. But I feel like Eugene and Rapunzel have the best Disney relationship. Like we really see them like fall in love. It's nice because, like, grew up with, like, Little Mermaid and she just, like, saw him and she's like, I'm in love. And, like, (laughs) Rapunzel and Eugene, they didn't like each other when they first met. He was trying to get rid of her. Oh, he was hardcore trying to get rid of her, like, purposely doing everything to scare her off or intimidate her back into going home. Um, But, yeah, the more he gets to know her, the more they talk. Like, he really appreciates her for her. Um. And like in the end, he's willing to give up his dream of, you know, the crown and having all the money and going off to some island somewhere and retiring um, because of her. Because he realizes like that's of more value than his. Except something else I noticed on my 20th watch or something was (laughs) he says, and I've got a dream song. He says, I want to live on an island warm with enormous piles of money, except alone. He gets mm-hmm. his entire wish when he marries Rapunzel because Corona is on an island. It's very warm. <laughs> Again, we'll find out in the series that it rarely snows that much. Uh, and like the, the royal treasury is all around him because he's going to live in a castle because he marries a princess. So but he's he, not alone. Yeah, he's not alone. But, you know, no, who wants to actually be alone? True. And I think also you, you see... Because at the very beginning, he's he's Flynn Rider. He's suave. He he does the smolder. You know, he has this persona and he's like 100% into that. And as he gets to know her, he opens up more to who like he really is and the kind of more vulnerable parts of himself. And when she accepts that, I think that's also when he begins to see a different way that his life could be. Yeah. When he becomes Eugene, when he becomes mm-hmm. who he really is. Yeah. And, you know, we find out his story about, like, how he's an orphan. And again, we'll find out more about that in the series. And you understand, like, why he would want to put a persona and, mm-hmm. you know, his whole deal. I don't want to give too much away. But, yeah. I actually, I, wa- I got my dad to watch this this past year. First time ever. He said the same thing about Mandy Moore, that she looks like Mandy Moore at the end. <laughs> <laughs> But he really loved Maximus. And I think the animal sidekicks are the best. And he said Pascal was just like in every other Disney sidekick. And I was like, how dare you insult Pascal like that? Oh, no, no, no. Not the chameleon or the frog, as Eugene calls him. I have, yeah, the animal sidekicks, which I don't even know if I call them sidekicks. Because, I mean, they achieve a lot in this movie. So should we talk about Maximus or Pascal first? Um, Let's talk about Pascal, who actually like murders Mother Gothel at the end. 
Yes. Okay. So Pascal, at first you're like, oh, he's just this funny little chameleon. No, I mean, he's kind of a psychopath. So when Eugene first shows up, you know, Pascal is like helping interrogate him. He's like mm-hmm. slapping him around, giving him the evil eye. He's Putting somehow, his tongue in his ear. Yeah. He somehow intimidates both Eugene and Maximus, who are like 10 times bigger than him, into like behaving He's like, he'll give that like creepy kind of knowing smile to Eugene when Rapunzel's about to do and something. And he's like, calm down. Calm and down. he just like, he knows way too much for a chameleon. Like, he's just really smart. And like you said, like, he's kind of down with committing murder, even though <laughs> technically she didn't die from the fall. Gothel died from like extreme aging really quickly. But he, he didn't, didn't know, know that. that. Exactly. He didn't he know that. Up, he straight up tripped her out the window. And so... He's like a cold-blooded, and pun is intended there, a killer. We're just getting the dirt on Pascal right now. I love him, though. I'm not I saying know. I don't like it. I'm just saying, like, he's kind of dark. He is. He's got a dark side to him. I I appreciate that. Um, I love how he, like, points to his eyes and then points to Eugene, like, got my eyes on you kind of thing. Right. Where did he learn that? Like, is this chameleon, like, part of, like, the uh, chameleon mafia? Like, is there, like, a reptile, like, underground out there in the forest? Krista, we get his backstory in the series. Oh my god, what? Okay, I'm sorry, I gotta go watch this right now. <laughs> Is he a part of the mafia? Am I right? <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you. You get no answers from me. But yeah, we find out his origin story too. Um, surprisingly, it's dark also. <laughs> I'm shocked. I mean, you don't pick up those skills from just like Hanging out with the Disney princess all day? Yeah, sitting by the pond. I was going to say jumping on lily pads, but he's not actually a frog. So. Yeah, no. The other animal psychic or just characters, Maximus. He was originally supposed to be a dog in one of the versions of the movies. And they just kept like those, the same mannerisms, like how he's like, he's like a hound dog sniffing for Eugene. And he whacks his tail and like Rapunzel's like, you're a good boy. And Maximus is like, yes, I am. So Maximus may be my favorite character, and I'll tell you why. So he's one of the most competent characters in the entire movie. (laughs) Plus, he just has, like, a lot of sass. So, like, he organizes and leads all of the snuggly duckling ruffians into rescuing Eugene so that they can then rescue Rapunzel. uh, Because, like, Eugene wasn't going to get himself out of that. And I just, I love Eugene and Maximus's relationship um, and how it goes from like completely antagonistic to like a kind of begrudging friendship that neither of them want to like admit to. Yeah. Um, and the scenes where they fight are kind of my favorite. And also just a little plug for one of my very favorite movies growing up. Maximus reminds me a lot of um, Altivo, who is the horse in The Road to El Dorado. And they both look like in design, they look very similar and act very similar. Um, and so, of course, that made me love him even more. We love horses with attitude. Right? Yeah, and, like, he ends up running, like, the guard. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, because he is the more co- most compliment, like, guards that they have in Corona. Just tells you something. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Mother Gothel. Mother Gothel is, I think, one of the scariest villains next to Frollo in Hunchback of Notre Dame because she's so real. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the Disney villains that always scare me the most are the ones that, like, you can see parallels to people in real life. So uh, she's an abusive mother. She, I mean, for the most of the movie, it's more kind of emotional abuse and neglect that uh, Rapunzel goes through. And Rapunzel doesn't even really realize that 
uh, Mother Gothel doesn't care for her. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it does, it, it feels more real in that way than if she was just, like, magically doing terrible things or something. Yeah. And we do find out more about Mother Gothel in the series, <gasps> which is interesting. We uh, do, thank goodness. Okay, yeah. so that's the thing I was thinking. So, uh, several times in the movie, they mentioned that she's, like, hundreds of years old. Like she's I think a thousand. Flower. A thousand? Maybe a thousand. Or a couple thousand. I don't know. I forget what they say in the series, but she's been a while. So, uh, because I wrote this down. (laughs) So, what do they say? Okay, first they say that the flower shows up, and then it says centuries pass, and she's still young. And then they mention that she had used the flower for hundreds of years. And then I read some trivia saying that, like, her dress is kind of... A very different style than other dresses you see and they're thinking it's more like kind of renaissance era um and if that kind of puts her into like the 1300s and then tangle's supposed to be kind of more 1700s she's at least 400 years old yeah and again great detail with that yeah we get to know more about the flower it's history too maybe like how mother also found out about it because like you find a magic flower and also are there any right repercussions other than getting your baby stolen that the king and queen yeah are gonna have to go through because that's powerful magic Mm -hmm. oh yeah and can i just say like i'm really excited again to hear about gothel's backstory because again if she's like lived for 400 years and she wants to keep living like then she must be doing some kind of interesting stuff because i mean if you have a boring life you're not gonna want to like live for 300 more years but i mean she must be getting up to some interesting things in that uh kingdom (laughs) yeah who knows what she's doing you do I know I know some things. I know some things. It's not as much as you'd want to know, but I know I want a limited series that's just like the origin story of Mother Gothel. Yes, and like her her shenanigans, mm-hmm. her party times, you know. Are there other parts of the movie you want to talk about? Oh, everything? Let's see. Oh, one of the things I noticed is that um so most Disney animated films, uh, the main character is an orphan you know you have aladdin or or you have a character that like loses one of their parents early on so like yeah. you know ariel or simba you know all these characters never have both parents rapunzel not only has both parents she also has her like evil fake adopted mom. mother <laughs> her fake mom yeah and so she's the- like rolling in parents where like most characters have none be like i can't just have one <laughs> And that was something really, that's something really refreshing to see in the series. Uh, the king and queen get names. They're Ariana and Frederick. And they get, like, arcs. And they get time with Rapunzel. And it's really cool. And I think it's just amazing in this movie. Like, the king and queen do not speak at all. But with yes. the animation, so much is said mm-hmm. just by their faces. And that's just amazing what these artists can do. Yeah, I... I didn't realize at first that they never spoke because I felt like I got a pretty good grip on them from watching the movie before. But then I did notice that this time they didn't speak, but you see them cry. You see them like just their expressions. And it's just very obvious to know like what they're feeling um, and kind of imagine, you know, what they've gone through all these years waiting for their daughter to come home, not knowing if she's even alive. Yeah. And I I just love that scene where you see them seeing Rapunzel for the first time since she was taken from them Mm -hmm. and just like the realization 
on her mother's face because she looks just like her mother too exactly (laughs) it's like how can she not be related to them you know i know that was helpful because i mean most people don't look exactly like their parents yeah Uh, usually we're a mix yeah you know genetics don't work perfectly like that all the time but it's Uh, a royal there's a royal gene pool it's probably very shallow it's very shallow but no she looks exactly like her mother and i'm like well thank goodness because they didn't have like a dna test or like a paternity test that they also her hair wasn't long and blonde anymore (laughs) right they could be like oh our daughter is blonde you have brunette hair sorry even though i've had plenty of friends who like were blonde as children and ended up brunettes as adults so oh yeah i had like bright blonde hair and now it's like a brown whatever (laughs) light brown like yeah no the king and queen be like you aren't you aren't that baby but that was a beautiful moment where like they all like hug and um i am excited for the tv series to see that relationship go further because i mean obviously that's a lot of trauma that they've all gone through and you know as much as they're excited to be together again like it's not going to be a perfect transition um so i'm excited in the series to see like their relationship develop more also with like eugene being like a known thief (laughs) who's never had parents before also Mm -hmm. but like they get their daughter back and then they're like this guy comes along with this whole deal (laughs) it's interesting to be fair, he helped bring the daughter back, which yeah, he is probably why he's not in trouble. He literally died for her, which I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know if it's going to be, if it's known to everyone else, but, like, I believe that's why the king and queen are like, you good. You good. Pardoned. It's just so freaking good. I mean, we're making a whole podcast about it. Why not? One yeah. of the things I found really funny, and uh, my husband actually commented on this as I was watching it too. So the whole movie wouldn't work if Mother Gothel had been smart enough to lie to Rapunzel about her birthday. Yep. Or change or, her name. Yeah. Or change, oh, good point. change her name or like not even introduce the concept of birthdays to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was controlling all the information that Rapunzel got. She controlled what books she read, anything. She didn't even have to tell her about birthdays. Yeah. Could have lied and told her that those floating things were like a, a, a festival or something or something aliens. stupid that wasn't interesting. I don't know. Aliens. Yes. Evil aliens that would uh, attack yeah. you. That you you had to hide under your bed whenever you saw them or something like that. Like, I think just to not be like, oh, it's a plot hole. I think Mother Gothel is just lazy. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I think that's her reasoning is like. And I think she's overconfident being alive for so long that she's like, nobody's going to find you. Like, who who are the contractors who built that tower? Right? And can they build me one? <laughs> but yeah, I think that that definitely goes along with um, Gothel's character. She's overconfident. She doesn't think that Rapunzel's ever going to be smart enough to figure a lot of this out. And she also, you know... Although she was never, she was nice to Rapunzel, but she also picked on her and bullied her, but then would say she was teasing. So I think Gothel's like, oh, well, I'll be kind of nice to her. Like, we'll celebrate her birthday. I'll I'll get her paints and stuff. And then that way, like, she'll be happy enough and she won't try to leave. So I think Gothel, like, put in the minimal amount of effort. I think Gothel loved Rapunzel in a way. But if you notice the way she's like, I love you. And then Rapunzel goes, I love you more. Then Gothel will kiss Rapunzel's hair Mm -hmm. and say, I love you most. 
So she loves the flower and the power more than she could ever love Rapunzel. That was something I was really watching for this time. Um, Yeah, it's always like, anytime she's showing her fake affection, like, oh, you're so silly, whatever. um, It's kind of directed at Rapunzel. But if she's ever like showing genuine emotion and fondness, she's always like, kissing the hair or like there's really one point where she's like literally holding a bunch of the hair behind Rapunzel's back um so like all the genuine affection is really like at the hair and she even calls her like my flower which once Mm -hmm. again relates to the power um yeah and whenever she does touch her face it's usually when she's like kind of mocking her or um teasing her and then it was pointed out to me that meanwhile Flynn does the opposite so he's always like moving the hair out of her face so he can see her face or like comforting her. Um, so I thought that was a really good like difference between the two. Yeah. I think like, yeah, Mother Gothard's a narcissist. She likes the attention <laughs> she gets from Rapunzel when she's there. But yeah, and she might like her in her own twisted way, but that woman, <laughs> that woman. <laughs> That woman. Well, that's probably why she introduced the idea of birthdays, because she wanted her birthday to be celebrated. So then she had to have Rapunzel have a birthday, too. Mm -hmm. So I know what many people are thinking. You're making a podcast about one movie. No, no. I had this discussion many times when Frozen 2 came out and people were making Tangle 2 trend. Because Tangle 2 exists. It is three seasons of an amazing show and a TV movie. There are multiple books. There are a cruise line show. There are the restrooms at Magic Kingdom. (laughs) We have things to talk about. Mm -hmm. So in this podcast venture, we will be going through it all. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm like grabbing Kristen and being like, we're going. Yeah. And you said earlier that you'd also been inspired by some books that had come out recently. Yes. There were two books that came out. I reviewed them both on like geekywaffle.com. Have you heard of the series like the Twisted Tale books where it's like what if but like with the Disney princesses and other Disney things like there's a Megara book and things like that. <gasps> what? Yeah, I know. I need to read that one. I need to read them all. I was just waiting for you to read them just to make sure that they're good. <laughs> yeah, there's some of them are really good. Some of them I'm meh about, but some of them, mwah, chef kisses. What Once Was Mine, A Twisted Tale by Liz Roswell. And it's what if Rapunzel's mother drank a potion from the wrong flower? And it's like, what if she has dark powers instead of the sun powers? And it's very dark because baby Rapunzel does something very bad. Would you recommend it? Like, do you think it's one of the the better ones or like, where would you rate it in the series? It's not my favorite. My favorite is it a Little Mermaid one. And that's what if like Ursula stayed in power, like if she was still Vanessa and Ariel had to take over being like Queen of the Sea. Ooh. Yeah. These are dark, like surprisingly dark for Disney, I would like to say. Are they like as dark as, say, like the original like fairy tales from like hundreds of years ago? Not quite that dark, but like like 50% away from Disney to like like right mm-hmm. in the middle. Okay. Like it's Disney, but like 50% of like the grim okay. fairy like tale. Emo kind of. Disney. Yeah, emo Disney. <laughs> Like Disney with some eyeliner and black lipstick telling my parents, you don't understand me. Oh, that was another interesting fact about Tangled is it's the first Disney princess movie that's PG rated. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, see, we're getting dark here already. Like, (laughs) I mean, they basically kill off the 
the Disney Prince like character. Yeah, I was wondering like as a child if anyone saw as a child and how they felt when like Eugene like died. Mm -hmm. But it's also a Disney movie. Like you kind of know he's going to be okay. It's like the end of Beauty and the Beast where spoiler everybody, uh, you know he's gonna get back up off that ground <laughs> but i feel like the beast thing happens so much faster than the eugene thing does like uh, automatically there's like the little firework rain and then like eugene's just dead and she's sobbing over his body it feels pretty similar to me um and i feel like there's other ones too where like yeah. a, a tear with the magic or a magic kiss or something like saves the day so that felt very like on brand for disney yeah. The other book I read was The Rise, was The Rise of Flynn Rider. It's part of their new series, Lost Legends, which it's geared for more of like a young teen crowd. Mm -hmm. But it has uh, Eugene and like how he starts going by the moniker of Flynn Rider. And it shows a little bit of his time in an orphanage and like him and his best friend who we might meet in the series, you know, their adventures and maybe how they ticked off certain people. <laughs> Now, are these things that, like, um, if fans wanted to start either the books first or the TV show, like, would you recommend a certain order or could they kind of do it all at once? A Twisted Tale has nothing to do with the series. Mm -hmm. Like, there's things in there where I was like, why isn't this character here <laughs> or that? But the way it's framed is it makes sense why the characters aren't there. Mm -hmm. But the Rise of Flynn Rider would be more enjoyable to those who are familiar with the series because there's a lot of, you know, familiar names and faces. Our next episode will be actually a crossover with Straight Out of Home Video, and we're watching the TV movie Tangled Before Ever After. So we're getting right into the series. We're going into there. But yeah, you can follow us on this crazy journey at the geekywaffle.com, geeky underscore waffler on Twitter, the geeky waffle everywhere else, including Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, YouTube, TikTok. I'll try to get some like tangled TikToks out there. I don't know what about. Maybe I can find my video of when I met Flynn Rider at Magic Kingdom and I was like, can we do the smolder for the camera? Can you get a really long wig for your dog Bucky so he can be Rapunzel? Oh, you love that. There is a very cute Pascal dog costume that I was considering oh. getting after Halloween was over because it was like super on sale. I have regrets. I think you might have to think about that for next year. Yeah. As Rapunzel says, we hope you have the best day ever. <laughs>